oh am I working out enough? Should I be working out while I'm here going through this? Am I eating the right food? Oh my god, I'm comfort eating. I bet the, bet the rest of the world isn't comfort eating. It's completely normal that you continue to compare yourself in this process. Comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> Love, Luna. Hello there, welcome to another episode of Self Love Lessons with Luna. We are deep into the isolation train now, aren't we ever? I'm sure that some of you are able to go out and go to work if you are on the front line. Thank you so much. And also thank you for everybody who's staying at home as well, right? Just because we're in isolation doesn't necessarily mean that all our problems have gone away. In fact, I think that it's probably even more exacerbated. When we don't like ourselves, when we're comparing ourselves to other people, when we are feeling low self-esteem, being shut away inside and not being able to do the things that we usually would do can actually send us into a downward spiral. So if you're experiencing any of your usual feelings, plus a whole bunch, please know that you're entirely normal. Please know that so many of us are having a rough time with this. You're so not alone in this. Just because the world's gone a little bit mad doesn't mean that all of a sudden all the way that you feel about yourself simply disappears. Maybe we have less FOMO, fear of missing out, because you know, there's less going outside on in the world. We can't not go to that concert. We can't not be invited to that party. There's a whole lot less stuff going on for us to feel like we're not missing out on, which is useful. But we still have social media. We still have the internet. And there still is comparison, isn't there? It might not be you comparing your social life to somebody else, because most of us are at home. But what you might be comparing yourself to is, oh my God, am I doing homeschooling right? Oh, are my kids doing what they're meant to do in this time? Am I meant to be feeling okay when I don't actually feel okay? We compare ourselves by watching people on social media doing lots of workouts and, and really refining what they're eating and all that kind of jazz. There's so much going on right now and it's a beautiful thing because there's a lot of people putting all their focused attention onto helping you while you're at home. But then we can compare. Oh, am I working out enough? Should I be working out while I'm here going through this? Am I eating the right foods? Oh my God, I'm comfort eating. I bet the, bet the rest of the world isn't comfort eating. <sighs> Take a breath. <laughs> It's completely normal that you continue to compare yourself in this process. Comparison is the thief of joy. So on this week's episode, I really want to be able to share with you some handy tips to help yourself to stop comparing, to find out what the antidote is to comparison. Because I don't know about you, whenever I'm comparing myself or my journey or where I'm at to other people, I tend to feel like crap about myself. Even when I'm comparing myself and I'm putting myself in the better position. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm not like that person. It's all externalized. And when we externalize our worth, our value, how we feel about ourselves, it will always be compared against somebody else. You can put yourself above somebody, but that means that you'll always be below somebody as well. 
rather than being on an even playing field where your journey is individual, their journey is individual, and you don't compare. Comparison really sucks the joy out of our everyday life. If we judge a fish by its ability to climb, then it will forever fall short. The fish is not built to climb. The monkey is not built to breathe underwater. If you compare these two, it seems nonsense to us. Well, you couldn't possibly make a fish climb a tree. You couldn't possibly expect a monkey to be able to breathe underwater. Yet, this is what we're doing all the time. We're comparing ourselves. And to think that we're meant to be somewhere where someone else is. You're different. You're unique. And part of the danger that comes from comparing ourselves, as I said before, is that we're externalizing our worth. That if we compare our worth and we're measuring it, we're actually measuring our worth based on what we perceive other people's worth to be. If their worth is less, then that makes my worth more somehow. If their worth is more, it makes my worth less. You cannot measure worth. You can't. It's like trying to measure space. It is infinite, as is your worth. Now, as I was preparing for this self-love lessons, I thought to myself, well, it's a really nice thing to say, isn't it? That your worth is immeasurable, that your worth is infinite, that you're worthy no matter what. It's a lovely thing to hear. But I found that I really want to make sure that you understand this. That you comprehend it in your body, not just as an intellectual experience, but you feel it. You understand it. I wanted to give you enough evidence for your brain to slow down and maybe perhaps accept that you are infinitely worthy. Tell me, have you ever met a baby that is unworthy? Think about it. Is there any baby that's ever been born that is worthless? Is there any baby that's better than another baby? You know, two babies get born, oh, well, that one, oh, well. Even if the baby cries a lot, even if the baby needs extra attention, even if the baby is born with some kind of disability or defect, so to speak, would we ever suggest that that baby is not as worthy as another baby? Think about it. You were once a baby. We were all babies. We were all born. And there's no way that any of us would think that a baby was not worthy. There's no way that we would even question the worth of a baby. When we see a baby, we think, oh my gosh, look at the beauty, look at the awe, look at the amazingness. We love a baby. Babies are inherently worthy. So tell me and leave a comment. Have a conversation with me. Do you think it's possible to grow out of that? Do you grow out of your inherent worthiness? How? Why? Does everything change now that you have a personality? Well, yes, because we feel unworthy. We've developed over the years. The older that we get, we feel unworthy. Yet the inherent truth of our worthiness, case in point, the baby where we began, has not changed.
Let me explain this to you. As we grow up, as we age through the, that younger years from our childhood through to our adolescence, we are collecting data and we are collecting information to create kind of like a map of the world and how we see the world. If it is not supported that we are inherently worthy in our childhood, which is pretty likely by the way, because our parents don't know how to be worthy. If they didn't know, how could they possibly teach you? You cannot teach what you do not know. So if we are not taught and cultivated that inherent sense of worthiness, then we start to create beliefs. We're doing that anyway, but if the beliefs don't support the worthiness, then we start to believe something different. And we collect data and we collect reasons of all the reasons why I couldn't possibly be worthy. My mum didn't make the soccer game. My dad didn't show me enough attention. Whatever the story is for you, you have collected data and information to support the belief that you're unworthy simply by the world around you. But it doesn't change the fact that inherently as a baby in your core, you are worthy. You've just learned to believe something different. I'm going to go into a bit more detail about how this is formed and actually more importantly, how do we stop doing it? What is the antidote to comparison? If we know that it's poison and that we get bitten by the comparison snake, then what is the antidote to help us eradicate that from our systems? It's really important for us to understand what comparison even is. What are we actually doing in those moments when we're comparing? We see that person on social media and they might be the picture of health, a picture of something that you wish. They've got the great family, the beautiful relationship. You see them at their very best, particularly on social media. You know, even me, I'm on social media. You don't tend to see me curled up on my bed picking my nose. That doesn't happen, right? You don't see it at the very least. What we see is the best of version. We see the highlight reel. Even more than that, we have a made up version of what their life is like. You might see a snapshot on some kind of social media or hear even verbally talking to somebody and hear what's going on in their life. But it's only a snapshot. You then make this whole vision around what their life is like. Oh my God, they're so perfect. They never have a bad day. Their partner is amazing. They've got a partner. They have these beautiful kids. It must be so lovely to have kids. We all tell ourselves different stories, but the theme is the same. We are making up a beautiful, perfect version of them in our head and making our own reality much worse than what it actually is. This is comparison and this is why it's false and this is why it's so poisonous to us. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's got it all figured out. Nobody, trust me, nobody has everything that you think that they do when you've made it up in your head. It's imagination. We all have bad days. We all have suffering. We all have moments in our life where we don't feel like we're good enough. You have no idea what's going on inside someone's head. And even if they share with you what's going on inside their head, you can't possibly experience it. You can't possibly know what it's actually like for them. 
It's not to say that you compare yourself to say they're not as good. Maybe they have things that you want in your life. That's okay. But putting them on a pedestal and putting you below them is not helpful. That's teaching the fish how to climb and blaming it for not being able to. The antidote, the anti-venom, the vaccine for our comparison is acceptance. Taken daily, taken moment by moment. A flower does not think to compete against the flower next to it. It just blooms when the conditions are right. You are not the same as anybody else. You are on your own journey. You cannot possibly make yourself the monkey when you're actually the fish. Both have beautiful qualities. Both are on their own journey of evolution. Both have talents and skills and flaws, but they're different. You're different. You're not the same as your friend. You're not the same as social media. You are going through your own specific journey and you don't need to be anywhere other than where you are right now. Where you are in your journey, in your evolution, in your life is exactly where you need to be. Also, that's a nice thing to hear. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly where I need to be. It's beautiful. But sometimes you're like, but I want something else. I want to have a different body. I want to have that partner. I want to have that marriage or that career or that kind of money. I thought I'd be somewhere else other than where I am right now. Acceptance isn't saying that nothing needs to change. Acceptance is being in the present moment. It's walking out into your garden and going, right, there are weeds. Cool. I have weeds that I need to attend to, but I also have beautiful flowers. It's not about going into your garden and saying, there are no weeds, there are no weeds, there are no weeds. Or conversely, oh my God, everything's beautiful. It's fine. Nothing needs changing here. It's all good. I'm just going to be complacent. No, it's the opposite. Acceptance means that you can walk into your garden, your life, your journey and see it for what it is and see that where you are right now is where you are at. In the personal development world, we seek to change things. You know, we want to we want to get better. We want to improve. We we don't like that in our life, our financial situation, our health situation, our relationship situation, so we seek to change that. And sometimes even from a spiritual and and personal development point of view, we seek to change ourselves. And look, there is a place for that. Absolutely. As a coach healer, I'm constantly searching for patterns for my clients. I'm finding what's not working in their current thinking and I'm helping them to change it. I'm walking into the garden and doing some weeding while I'm in there. There is a difference between the patterns of our life and our DNA. You know, if a fish spends its whole life wishing that it was a monkey, and feeling bad about not being able to climb and you know hating itself and not being able to have legs and arms then there's something erroneous something wrong with the thinking the thinking needs to change that's a pattern that's something that has been conditioned within that fish i.e. us for our whole life but it is not us our conditioning our thoughts our beliefs are not necessarily the truth of who we are. So we need to distinguish the difference between our DNA 
who we are inherently and our patterns and beliefs. Your DNA is your essence, it's your truth, it's who you are when you take away all the layers of your existence. It's the truth, it's that kind of your character traits. Those of you who have kids will know that some kids are bright and bubbly and curious and inventive straight off the bat, while other kids want to read and are more quiet. These are character traits, they haven't been learnt over a period of time. They are who you are in essence. I recently discovered about myself that I quite like attention. <laughs> in front of them they're going, yeah, well of course you do, look at what you do for a living, right? But I was raised to believe that liking attention was something wrong, that I shouldn't like attention, you know, that kind of attention seeker. And for many times in my past, I went and sought attention that wasn't great for me in my lifetime of, you know, reaching out and having multiple partners and trying to seek the validation externally. I used to think that any attention was good attention. Now, I could change that within myself. Could I? Well, let's have a look at it. The way in which I was seeking attention was not good for me. There was no integrity within that. Any attention was good attention. Now, at a point in my life, I recognise that that was a pattern, that I would seek out and go outside of my values, outside of my integrity to get that attention. That's a pattern. And so I was able to change that pattern of thinking, the conditioning of thinking. But my DNA is still there. My DNA is that I thrive with attention. There's no point me trying to change that. I've accepted that part of myself. I love being on stage. I love connecting with you guys. And I love having relationships where I'm nurtured and adored and doted upon. That's super important to me. Here's the thing. I'm not participating in the pattern anymore. I'm still accepting the DNA, but I've taken myself away from the pattern. I now live within my values. Not every attention is good attention for me. I don't want to sell my integrity or sell myself short in order to get attention. And I will not. If the world can't provide me attention, I will give myself attention. I give myself attention all the time. I pay attention to me and what I need and I give myself everything that I need. I'm a great partner, I'm a great lover, I'm a great friend to myself. That's the difference between our DNA and our patterns. I like attention. I'm also quite naturally good at speaking. That's my DNA. We recognise a pattern when we understand that it might not serve us. That it's conditioning, that it's less than what I am. It's holding me back and not giving me the outcomes that I want. So we have to recognise the difference between our patterns and our DNA. And this comes with self-awareness. The more you understand yourself, the more this gets ingrained, the more you understand the difference between your DNA and your patterns. We could say that the patterns are your personality. They are your fears, your conditioning, your doubts, your programs. Whereas your DNA is your essence and your truth and your character. Make sense? The second thing that we need to do is really accept our DNA. As I just said in the example with the attention, I accept that I like attention. And I've unraveled the pattern. 
So that's what we want to do in step two here. We've recognized the difference between our patterns and our DNA. And in step two, we're unraveling the patterns. And look, you can do this in any which way. I highly recommend working with somebody through this. It's quite difficult to see your own patterns, but not impossible, not by any stretch of the imagination. Do a lot of work, do a lot of journaling, pay attention to yourself and figure some stuff out. Oh, I do that when I'm triggered when that thing happens. Do some exploration of yourself. And if you want to do it with me, great. I'm a coach healer. So I work on multi-modalities there. I'm going to help look at you at the patterns and align you with your spirit and your soul and your truth. Find a way to unravel your patterns and accept your DNA. The third one is, and the ultimate part of acceptance, is to understand that you are who you are. You cannot be someone that you're not. I could try really hard to squish myself into a box. I could squish myself into a box and tell my partner that I don't particularly need the love, the flowers, the, the cups of tea in bed. I could do that, but I'm denying my truth. I'm denying who I am and I'll forever feel like what I want is not okay, which isn't true. Remember the baby, I'm inherently worthy. You are inherently worthy. And we are a work in progress forevermore. I'm evolving, I'm growing, I'm expanding from a place of wholeness, not from a place of lack. But we are creatures that will continue to expand in our existence. And you will just continue to discover to learn more things about yourself. See this as a long lifetime of work. This is my life's work to date and I will continue to unravel things about myself. It's not that you have to keep healing. It's not that you never come to a point where you can just relax about things. There is a thing in spiritual development and personal development where we keep having to clear stuff and keep having to heal and it's I'll get to that point when no you're a work in progress from a place of wholeness you're a masterpiece that gets wiped clean in any moment that you want it to to just create new you can create who you are in any given moment and stay within the truth of your DNA in short you're enough you are worthy. Comparing yourself is futile. It's not appropriate. It doesn't work. It doesn't even make any sense. You are the fish or you are the monkey. Stop trying to compare yourself to somebody else's journey. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again today. I would love for you to leave a comment if this has been valuable for you. If you have any questions, please let me know. And share this with somebody that you love. If you feel like you know somebody who kind of compares themselves a lot to other people, shoot them through the link. Let them watch this and let's make a collective conversation around this so we understand that you are unique and a beautiful individual as you are. New episodes come out every Friday and they're available on YouTube, Facebook and on the podcast. So if listening is your preference, then make sure you check out there. For any questions or queries, please feel welcome to get in touch with me. Love yourself at moreconfidence.com.au. And actually, while you're at it, head over to my website, moreconfidence.com.au, and grab yourself your free ebook. It's the five secrets to bulletproof confidence. All you need to do is pop your details in, and I will get that sent to you straight away. In the meantime, until I see you again, 
happy self-loving.